Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. What's up? This is Wild from Black Motherfucking Label Society. We need you to come down to the electric hellfire, Black Label Halloween Bash, October 31st. We'll see you in New York City. One night only, October 31st, be there! Rock, rock over London, Zurich, Auckland, Dublin, Dallas, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Sydney, Indianapolis, Tokyo, Seattle, Paris, Budapest, Berlin, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, two men who are committed to rocking you wherever you might be, John Astronomy and Mark Striegel. Welcome to the Talking Metal Podcast, broadcasting around the world from TalkingMetal.com and StriegelsMusicNews.com. Hey, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. A couple very special guests. We have Eric from White Wizard and Chuck Mosley, the one and only former singer of Faith No More. Yeah, this is going to be a great podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I hooked up with Chuck over at the Gibson Guitars showroom. Uh, he was with Michael Seifert, the producer on the record, and he's also a performer on the album and just had such a great time. Chuck is one of the most humble musicians I've ever met. Cool. Now this, what we're about to hear, getting into the interview, is a remake of the classic Faith No More song, We Care A Lot. And uh, I can't wait to hear this. It's one of my favorite Faith No More songs, the, the song that really turned me on to this band. Uh, first thing I ever heard of Faith No More, I, James Hetfield had a, a t-shirt of theirs. And shortly after, I heard the the song "We Care a Lot," and I was sold ever ever since that moment. Chuck, what a history! I mean, everything from playing with Faith No More uh, to Bad Brains and and his great solo stuff here. He's been involved in so much great stuff, and it is an honor to have him on the podcast. No doubt. And what's really cool about this particular track, Roddy Bottom from Faith No More recorded this with Chuck. So. Special guest appearance by Roddy on this song. Cool. Well, let's check this out. This is Chuck Mosley with We Care A Lot, the Faith No More classic, a remake version of, remade version of it. And we're going to get right into the interview that John conducted with Chuck uh, about a month ago here in New York City. In this
love, I sure do. About all the stuff and things that happen, blow like, you know, to you. Talking Metal and Talking Rock. I'm very honored today because I have two great guests here with me at the Gibson Guitar Showroom. Chuck Mosley, who you guys know from a bunch of great bands like Faith No More and Bad Brains and Cement. And we've got Michael Seifert. How you guys doing? Fine. It's a little chilly in this room, but otherwise doing good. <laughs> good deal. How you doing, Michael? Doing great. I don't care. I don't care about the cold. It's good. Chuck, we're going to start out with you and... I love the name Vandals Against Illiteracy, and I had to write it out properly spelled because it's such a cool spelling. Now, how did you guys come up with the new band and the new album? Um, well, as far as the title goes, when I moved to Cleveland, I was uh, went into a bar and was using the urinal, and it was written right above it, and I just had to have it in some capacity. And this became it. So, um, But then we connected my name to it for the recognition and all that crap. I wanted to mention that because for the first release, the title is going to be Chuck Mosley and the Vandals Against Illiteracy. But then after that, you said you're going to drop that. I mean, I would love to if it mattered. If it uh, if this record did anything, then I then I could afford to drop the Chuck Mosley off of it. Yeah. Cool. And this is your label, right? Yeah, it is. And, and Chuck Chuck's a modest guy, you know. He's he's a jokester and he's a funny guy. And, and the fact of the matter is, is you know, Chuck Chuck isn't really concerned about getting the attention on himself. He's he's about the music, and I and I respect that. Um, it's a lot of weight to bear. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it may be a lot of weight to bear, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, people are looking to see. You know, you if you go on on Google dot com or you know whatever, you know, you look you look up you know a Google search of Chuck Mosley or whatever. People are interested in knowing what he's up to. If it was up to him, he'd leave his name off this completely and just be about the music. But you know, there's a, there's a business end to this too. So uh, we want people to be able to find him, uh, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand the business side, so I'm going with it. Well, it's so refreshing to meet somebody with such a huge history who is as modest as you are because, believe me, we all know a bunch of people who are in the business who are not like that. So it's nice to hear that somebody is just really concerned about making some great music, and we're honored that you're here. And I want to talk about the album, and looking at the title of the album, the word rap is, is prominently there. But on the album, you're singing on most of the tunes. There's really only a couple of songs that you're rapping on. Now, how did that come about? Um, miraculously, I learned how to sing one day, and I, and I decided to employ that uh, newfound skill. I back when I was uh, when I did that other stuff that you know that people are are uh, are naming me for their influence. Uh, I. I could sing, but I couldn't hear a melody as much, and that's what made me do that way, that style, and just kind of, you know, with uh, Faith No More and whatnot. So I've always liked to sing. I just always haven't been that good at it, but I, I got so good that I could do it on 80% of this record just about. So, you know, maybe there'll be some more rapping over hard rock on the next record, but probably not much. Every once in a while, yeah, you know, it's just a style I turn back to and stuff just because it's kind of become me, part of me. Very cool. Now, Mike, you are playing drums in addition to producing the album and engineering as well, right? Yeah, I, I played uh, quite a bit on the record. Everything, you know, everything from drums to bass to guitar and some keyboards and programming. Um, 
the you know the record was basically made you know in, in Chuck will tell the story about you know getting ripped off about ten years ago by another producer. You know it's, this, this record's been a long time in coming. Really, um, Chuck's always had this in him, and unfortunately, um, he got some bad breaks along the way. Um, and and basically, you know, I came in to the picture about ten years ago while he was getting those bad breaks and, and you know, I always really loved the material. I think, you know, above and beyond anything else, you know, Chuck's the first person to admit that he's not the most technically proficient uh, singer in the world. You know, um, it, it, he gets asked this question every interview and we've done a bunch today already. Um, it's not about that. You know, to me, Chuck Mosley is the punk rock Bob Dylan, and he's a songwriter, and he is a, you know, a master of his craft in that area. Um, and to me, his voice, you know, perfect, flawed, whatever you want to call it, love it or hate it, you know, there's emotion in it. It communicates a message, and I think that's something that's very rare in modern music. Um, and that's why I stuck with this project, and that's why eventually we, we, you know, we got together and we made this record. And I think that's you know how we got people like Jonathan Davis, John Five, Michael, you know, Carloni, you know, all these other people that were you know willing and able to you know come to the table and go, yeah, we want to be a part of this. Uh, you know, I think that's what they saw in it too. Very cool. I'll tell you, speaking of just technical proficiency, I think truly, and I, I think everybody would agree with me, that the people that have stood the test of time and that are considered the greats in any style of music weren't necessarily technically proficient. Like Mick Jagger might not be the greatest vocalist, but I think he sure has a huge impact on music way more than, you know, uh, somebody. dance better than almost anybody, <laughs> like, ever, ever. Good deal, guys. I wanted to mention that the the cool thing for me about the record is that not only is it new material, it's, you know, a new band and new stuff, but you do revisit your past in a couple of places. There are the two songs that were cement songs, and then I'll get to some of the other stuff. But what I liked about that, and it's the way I feel about writing as well, is that you mentioned in, in a previous interview that you felt that those songs never properly saw the light of day and that's why you wanted them on this record and i totally understand what you're saying tell me about that yeah actually uh pile driver is the one that actually made it to the record we have a couple from cement that we're gonna do um yeah it's just like uh when uh when uh we were setting out to tour that record we got an accident i broke my back everybody knows that and they just kind of got shelved so you know i thought you know, I honestly just, you know, no matter who made them, just happens that we did, that I did, but uh, that 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 they shouldn't go without being heard at one point or another. And this band, you know, is really strong, so capable of doing those kind of songs. And there's another Faith No More song I'd like to do again from the first first record that uh, Billy wrote. You know, so I, I like covering songs, you know, mine or anybody else's, but. There's so much material, we had to put a stop to it already and cut it off at 10 for this record because they were getting kind of long. So hopefully by the next record, we'll get some more of that stuff out and some more brand new stuff. Without a doubt, your fans are definitely hungry for this record. And uh, there's so many treats on it, too, because uh, you mentioned Faith No More. Roddy is on the album with you? Roddy's playing on, uh, on the new version of We Care A Lot that we have. I figured those two versions, there just had to be a third. I mean, why not? <laughs> and all with you singing them. With me singing them and, and dealing with more current current events, current issues. Well, more current now, uh, now than way back then. Maybe not as current today as a couple of years ago when we started writing it, but yeah. Well, you guys have influenced so many people and, and really are, are one of the founders of a whole new genre of music that has spawned great bands like Korn. And then there are the bands that are, you know, there's a band called Lacuna Coil from Italy who are heavily influenced by Korn. But what what they are really is influenced by you guys through Korn. And it's an amazing thing to hear all these people like Jonathan Davis and people even like Iggy Pop coming out to pay homage to you guys. It, that, uh, that that's one of the things. I mean, I think Chuck Chuck is a, a pretty humble guy in general, and and he doesn't like to take credit, you know, as much as maybe he even should, uh, for what he's contributed to modern music. Um, I, I had the opportunity to work with Jonathan on the single Enabler when we were out in L.A. Uh, for Chuck's record, and it was one of those things where, 
you know, Chuck's Chuck's a fan of what Corn does. They've expressed that they're a fan of what he's done. You know, we hooked it up. We went out to L.A. We 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 cut we cut his guest appearance on the single. And Jonathan, you know, went on and on and on about basically, you know, the, you know, saying Corn wouldn't even be a band if it wasn't for Chuck Mosley. You know, and I think a lot of people misconstrue, you know, that and, and, you know, a lot of people are caught up in this whole like Mike Patton, Chuck Mosley, you know, feud or whatever that doesn't even exist. And the fact of the matter is both those guys respect each other, you know, you know, Mike Patton is a fan of what happened with Faith No More before he joined it. Chuck Mosley, you know, appreciates what, what Mike Patton did with Faith No More after he exited the band. Um, but to work with somebody like Jonathan and literally have him sit there and say something along the lines of, you know, like, look, we wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for Introduce Yourself. You know, that's what I think people miss sometimes. And um, sometimes I wish Chuck wasn't so modest about what he's actually <laughs> contributed, much much to my dismay. But uh, yeah, well, I decided next year I, I won't keep taking, I won't take the compliments as much as still, but I will take cash. <laughs> hey, that's the right way to be. That is absolutely the right way to be. So I wanted to talk about who is going to be in the band when you take this out onto the road, because I know you did one show opening for Corn. Right. Well, actually, there's a, a, a band that's uh, on my label that I met that's been helping me out. They're called Ceterum, and um, they we actually a couple of those guys, uh, drummer and bass player and guitar player, are helping out. And then I have my guitar player Tim Parnin, that's been playing with me ever since I moved to Cleveland. And then um, a while ago, uh, they had uh, my drummer Doug from Cement, but then he had to go. He moved back cross country and had to do his own thing. So. When we first go out, it'll probably be the same, the lineup that we have right now with some guys from Ceterum and then some other guys from my my old school. And uh, um, as we're as we're taking a little further on the road, start you know just piecing together, picking and choosing the, the more permanent band. You know, you know, certain people just fit along, fit playing with me. People some understand me and stuff, and, and are really good musicians and. One thing I know about not being the best singer and not being the best guitar player is I know how to surround myself with really good musicians to make everything else come out good. So that's um, right now it's kind of like Cedrum is playing with us the shows that we do, and you know while that's happening we're steadily putting together a permanent band, you know all around. So yeah, I mean it's 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 really a work in progress, you know, much like the record was, and you know the, the first go around, you know. Ten years ago, Chuck tried to make this record and unfortunately got ripped off by somebody claiming to be a producer. And you know, Chuck tried to fund this record himself, and I was kind of brought into that. And um, it just it, it wasn't a very good situation. But I always believed in the songs and, and pretty much made a vow to Chuck that if there was ever a time where I could commit to actually doing this record and helping him get it out, that I would. And uh, it took a long time to get to that point, but we finally got there. And, you know, much like the record was kind of a, um, you know, a studio project where we kind of picked and choose, you know, musicians as we went along. Uh, from Michael, Michael Cardelloni, who's uh, been the drummer for Leonard Skinner for 10 years, to getting, you know, Jonathan and John Five involved, and then obviously Tim Parman and myself. And, and, you know, Chuck played quite a bit of guitar on the record as well and obviously wrote, you know, 99% of the songs on there. Um, the the uh, live band's going to be no different. It's going to be one of those things that evolves, and when it's working, great, it's working. If we need to make changes, we'll make changes. It's really about Chuck's music and making sure that gets communicated the right way to, to you know his fans, and and that's what you know we're most interested in is just sharing this music with people. So Chuck, I wanted to ask you what songs on the album mean the most to you, and what are your favorite ones? Um, let's see. Enabler is one of my favorite. Uh, then uh, Come Around and Bob Forrester, two others are my favorite. And um, the song Nameless became one of my favorites. Now uh, that uh, my friend Lilu started singing on it, I, I haven't been able to settle in on one yet. I, I, I like Come Around a lot, you know, just for personal reasons, and uh, I like them all though. It's hard to, for different reasons. It's hard to say. It's this is a record that we started realizing that there was really not any filler on here. There's maybe a little bit of filler, so I guess that would be something that I didn't name, but Piledriver. 
is another cool song which has been done before but it's it's just got a whole new life to it you know i don't know I don't know. Well, I think that's the key to the fact that we know it's going to be a great album because you can't really say, well, you know, there's three killer tunes and you know, the rest are just okay. They're all great. And, and believe me, I, I love the record. So thank you. You're welcome. Last question. And then we're going to take a tour of the Gibson showroom here, uh, which has a lot of history as well. I want to know what does Chuck Mosley listen to right now? What kind of music? What kind of bands? Uh, well, when I'm driving around and taking kids here and there, I've been listening to a lot of classical music lately. Uh, I listen to, I hear a lot of Darren Gray in my truck. Um, and uh, uh, and then I was listening to a lot of VUA for a while until we got everything right. Now I'm not listening to it for a while. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's kind of cheesy, but Corn I like a lot because I, I just really love his voice. Uh Brand brand new. I just I, I I don't know anything that's on commercial radio that, and that's where I hear stuff lately. Um, that I love to death. You know, I there's things that I like that I've always liked or whatever that they still play. But you know, I I don't know. Not not much. Not much on VH1. You've taken your kids to a couple uh, concerts lately, though, right? Yeah, we went to, we went to Corn. We went to Corn. I took her to Darren Gray. I took Sophie. I forget where I took Japanese Sophie. artist that you. Darren Gray, that's right, the Japanese yeah. one, yeah. Um, that, that's the cool thing. Like, like I mean, he's got two young daughters, and he's, like, totally the dad. And, like, you know, he's, like, a like ridiculous chef too like in, in addition to all the music stuff that he does I mean he, he headed up a restaurant he was chief chef at a restaurant and managed a restaurant for a few years and you know he made a, a, a conscious decision to basically take a, a few years away from rock and roll and you know raise his kids and, and, and hone in on his cooking skills and, and, and all this other stuff so you know there's all this stuff out on the internet about like Oh, the, the guy just dropped off the face of the earth. No, and he's been doing what he wanted to do, and and, and I think that's important for people to know. You know, he's got other interests mm-hmm. above and beyond music. He's got a family. He's got daughters who are you know beautiful kids. You know, who come out and hang out around the studio, and they're proud of their dad. And you know, and and, and there's something to be said for that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, how many you know you you'd be selfish about it, and you go, oh, I got to get the next record out, and I got to go on tour, or you could do what Chuck did and basically go, look, I'm going to be a dad for a few years and I'm going to explore these other things. And, you know, uh, and, 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 and whether or not I'll be too old to go out on right. tour. <laughs> hey, you're not too old. You're never too old to go out on tour. And I don't know if this is an appropriate I question. Don't so. I, I don't think so either, but I, I can't wait to go, actually. <laughs> very, very cool. And you mentioned your daughters. And I read one place that you said one of them was a handful. Which one is that? Oh, well, that's the older one, but that's just because she's just like me. And we're both stubborn, and we just butt heads. That's how it is. But she's beautiful, and she's really talented and smart. And she speaks fluent Japanese. Yeah, she's into, like, anime and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah she is. She's into anime, and that's the one that's into Darren Gray, obviously. She, uh, she, I took her to see Shonen Knife a while ago, and that's a band that I saw when I was like her, I remember a little that, older yeah. than her, and then she was all into them all of a sudden. I was happy to take her. We got autographs and stuff like that, and yeah, yeah, she's real smart, and she just keeps to herself, so, and we're just, yeah, we, we butt heads, but she's me. That's great, though, to see a little version of you. It may be great. It might be scary to some people, <laughs> but uh, for now, it's okay. I love it. Well, Chuck, I appreciate both you guys coming down here and hanging out with both Talking Metal and Talking Rock. And we're not going to end right now. We are going to continue, and we are going to take a tour of the Gibson Showroom, which used to be the site of a very famous recording studio, The Hit Factory. And I know, Michael, you're excited about that part. I'm a, I'm a total geek about this stuff, and it's the one time I won't even make any apologies for it. Yeah, that's it. Cool. <laughs> Try to take another life and go One never gets about nothing When 
was The Enabler. And again, this is off of Chuck Mosley's new record, which you guys should all pick up. Hopefully we'll have some links where you can maybe download that off of iTunes or, or go buy it on the website in today's show notes. Yeah, this record is called Will Rap Over Hard Rock for Food. It's actually called Chuck Mosley and VUA Will Rap Over Hard Rock for Food. But you know what's really interesting, and like we said in the interview, there's really only one or two rap-type songs on here and it's mostly actual singing and just a great record done by a bunch of great people in that track the enabler a couple of more special guests john five of course our friend from rob zombie and jonathan davis of corn and what's really cool is guys like jonathan davis were all influenced by chuck yeah absolutely absolutely cool well we are coming from Dino or Denos, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce the name of this bar. It's D-E-N-O, Denos, I guess, right? Yeah, something like that. Once again, it's a bikini bar, so uh, the sign outside says 10 girls in bikinis. Right now, we've got two, but the other eight should be coming up shortly. No, there's three here, actually. Yeah, there are three. Uh, I have to catch a train in a few minutes. Uh, I had a late night last night hanging out with the one and only Marzeri2005 from the Talking Metal Forums. What a great guy. Actually recorded a show that Mars is going to be a part of. Victor is his real name, uh, which will be on the uh, Talking Metal Live or Bionic Striegel Radio live stream uh, soon. Probably this Thursday at around 6. So tune in for that. And what else? Um, that's about it. We got the one and only Eric, formerly of Overloaded, now of White Wizard. We interviewed him a few months back on the, about a month ago actually, on the uh, live show. And we're going to bring it to you right here on the podcast today. Definitely. Eric has been a longtime friend of Talking Metal. Loved him and Overloaded. And now we're really psyched to hear what he's going to do with White Wizard. And uh, we were really happy to have him on Talking Metal Live. That's where this interview comes from. Yes, so uh, we'll get into some White Wizard music. We'll do it maybe a Talking Metal Toast here. Excellent. I'm drinking uh, Bass. And uh, I'm drinking, uh, since I had him the last time I was here, some rum and coke. And uh, do I have a time to read a quick letter? Go for it. Okay. And basically, the pre-story, guys, is I was hanging out with Ace once again. It's amazing. And uh, we went to do an interview on a great show called Red Eye, which is on the Fox News channel, which created a little controversy on Facebook, by the way. And I did a little Twitter on that. But a guy named Antonios H. wrote me this Facebook message. It says, just got home. F, I missed the Ace interview. Thanks, John, for informing us. Can you post it so we can all see it, especially me? I effing love the new Ace album. Can't get enough of it. Best album since his self-titled one in 1978. Anomaly comes in second best for me. How are you feeling it? I love it. John, by the way, the last time I spoke with you in person was at the Ace show at Nokia. I remember you were having problems with your Motorola Q cell phone. Wouldn't hold a charge for long. (laughs) He's totally right. I can't believe it. You were trying to charge it after the show. You were so damn nice answering my questions and my friends, too, who was from Metal Edge magazine. You guys exchange info. Okay, sorry for boring you, which you're not. Just wanted to share. Keep up the great work. Metal rules. So does talking metal. Well, thank you, Antonio's great letter. Cool. Thanks, Antonio. Sounds like a band just started playing here. Listen, dude, I got to catch a train. Uh, Have a great weekend, John, and uh, we will hook up over the weekend, hopefully, and talk some more metal. And here is a little White Wizard, followed by our interview with Eric from White Wizard. And you want to follow up with another White Wizard tune? Yes, we'll end today's show with a White Wizard tune. I'm not sure what it is, but I think we call it out in the interview. No doubt about it. Thanks, guys. Here is White Wizard.
awaiting our good friend Eric, who used to be an Overloaded. He's now in a great new band that's signed to Earache, which is more known for their death metal acts, I would say, than anything else. But he's now in White Wizard. This is, uh, again, an Earache band. They are not death metal. They are uh, heavy metal rock and roll. And from what I hear them so far, they sound great. Now, Eric made a big move from Michigan out to... LA to join this band. So we are excited to talk to him. And I believe it is Eric that is calling in, although it might be one of the other members. I was uh, first told it was some guy named John, and then it was Eric, and then it was both of them, and then it was just Eric. So we'll see who we get on the line. And uh, John Astronomy has uh, reemerged uh, with Bud Friendly. A face full of pizza. Uh, yeah. With uh, pizza. Yeah. Let me check if we have a call yet uh, from Eric. Yeah, we got Eric from White Wizard on the phone. Let's uh, let's put him through um, and see if we can get Eric. Hey, Eric. Hello. Hey, it's John, man. How are you? Doing great, John. Mark there, too. Yeah, yep. I'm right here, Eric. Thank you so much for calling Talk in to Talking guys. Metal. It's been yeah. a while since you've been on the show. You've been on, what, once or twice? Been on a couple times over yeah. the years. Excellent. You've always been a big supporter of what we do, and we have always been a supporter of what you do. You're an excellent guitar player. We were kind of sad to hear that things didn't work out with Overloaded, but I, I got to tell you, the White Wizard stuff, from what I'm hearing, sounds great, and I'm really excited to hear the stuff you are working on with them. You guys are recording a full-length album? Yeah, absolutely. I just got back from Phoenix, and we've been recording with Rolf Patlin. He's a great producer who's worked with Megadeth and UFO and Michael Schenker. He's also an outstanding guitar player himself. So we got back about a week ago, and um, we don't have much time, so it's a lot of crunch time. I did all the guitar parts in three days. It was really intense. Um, three 12-hour days to get them done. So... Uh, it's supposed to be coming out in 2010, and Ooh. we recorded seven, seven of the songs out in Phoenix, and three of them were recorded before I joined the band. Our bass player, John, who writes all the songs, uh, he actually played the guitar on those songs as well. So three of the tunes were recorded in December with Ralph as well. And uh, so it should be coming out in 2010. And cool. And so just so people know, that there is a White Wizard album out at this point, which is High Speed GTO. You actually don't play on that, but it is a really strong record from what I've heard. An outstanding record. Yeah. I mean, I joined this band because I was a fan of this band. Yeah. And I found out about them um, through MySpace and was really blown away by the music, and an opportunity came for me to audition for the band. And uh, it's, an, it's a great record. It's out right now in Europe, and it's going to be released in the United States on September 8th. Oh, okay, cool, cool. cool. Well, by the time this gets into podcast form, yeah, it, the will album be, will be it, out. it will be out, and we will have it linked through today's show notes uh, in the podcast version of this. So let's let's talk about, about you. Uh, Overloaded, I guess, started falling apart. You guys had had uh, some numerous lineup changes, right? Yeah, we had one major lineup change, and we went, we went for about a year to try to make it happen. And to be quite honest, it was just over the years, lack of success. People started to look elsewhere, and, and there wasn't as much faith in the band, and then everything fell apart. Right. Well, I mean, it's too bad, but I, I do, uh, you know, I, I, if, if you guys haven't heard the Overloaded Records, you guys had two, two great CDs out, and I, I highly recommend that people go back and check that stuff out. Chris was a, a great singer, and, and you did some great guitar work and songwriting and stuff on those records. But I am very excited to hear your work with White Wizard. So the High Speed GTO album, again, comes out uh, in September, which you are not on, but then you guys uh, will be following it up with this new album. And, and you may have said this already, but when will the new record be coming out? Um, early 2010 is the, is the best I can do as far as the okay. guest plan will be coming out. And, um, and so it's, it's a new band. It's John is, John is, uh, the band leader and he reformed the band. Um, there wasn't, I don't know all the details, but I guess the chemistry wasn't right. You know, they didn't get along as many bands go through that. And he wanted to keep his vision going. And so he replaced the guys one by one. Actually, I think everything fell apart at once, but, you know, he picked it back together piece by piece. I joined the band in March of 08, and since then we've been playing a lot of smaller shows, just getting the live act together. And uh, then we it was 
kind of breakneck speed, John introduced the, the new songs to us, and then we put them together, and, uh, you know, I had to write solos, and, you know, we presented them to the drummer, and we all had to get, get it together really fast and, and go out, and I was really impressed with how it turned out under such pressure. And you mentioned that you were a fan of this band, so you had kind of yeah. been, I guess, following them, and then what, one day you heard, oh, they're looking for a guitar player? Yeah, I, I I knew that they were looking for a guitar player. I'd actually been teaching their songs to my students. Really? Wow. And yeah, yeah, it's fun, it's fun. And I, I, the idea had been going to my head. It was kind of a big step, and finally I just said, fuck it, I'm going for it. And I called them, and it had been uh, like a month or two, so I figured by it, by that point um, it had would have found somebody, but the opportunity was still there. So I sent out a YouTube audition, you know, video, and uh, John liked that. And then, so I flew out for a live audition, and it went really well. Now, you had to really pick up your whole life and move it to L.A. Now, how was that? It was intense, but um, I kind of felt, I knew it was the right thing to do. And um, it was a big decision. I told him to give me, that to give me 48 hours, but I'd let them know either way, you know, yes or no. And I, it, there really was no decision to be made, you know. I, I made it that, I just had to figure out how I was going to get out there. And I just had to sell everything I owned, you know. I have a Ford wow. Ranger, and uh, it's got a cap on it, so, you know, my gear, you know, I got a Marshall half stack and a couple guitars and pedals, and then, you know, a couple weeks worth of clothes, and then makes a 2,000-mile journey. Wow. Wow. And was your family supportive of this? Uh, very, very supportive. My family's always been supportive of uh, music, so I, I've lucked out in that way, you know? That's they, cool. They're like, go for it, man. You need to make this happen. And what was the drive out there from Michigan to uh, L.A.? It was four days. Four days. Yeah. Cool. That, yeah. I could imagine that would be a pretty intense drive, you know, your whole life up. There's a lot of different and... climates, and then driving through Iowa, you know, I didn't quite fit the profile of the state, and I got pulled over by a really serious state trooper who was scoping me out big time, but <clears throat> I wasn't smuggling any crystal meth, so he let me go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then going through the through like the Rocky Mountains, like they have this hail, it's between rain and hail and snow and it just sticks to your windshield and like my wipers couldn't handle it and and the only way to I could like use use the uh, washer fluid to get get it clear for like ten seconds and it would freeze up again. It was it was intense, you know. Man. Hey, I wanted to congratulate you for getting written up in Kerrang! Magazine, one of my all time favorite magazines and you know, you go out there, you join the band, the next thing you know you're in Kerrang. Yeah, that was a great time. Uh, we spent three days. Uh, um, a couple of the uh, earache people, Talita and Lucy, came out along with the writer Nick and from Kerrang! And we hung out for three days. We did that photo shoot that was part of the picture with Neil, who was, uh, he, he's done a lot of cool photo shoots. And uh, you remember when Killswitch Engage did the Holy, Di Holy Diver, uh, excuse me, yeah. the Holy Diver video? Yeah. And he, he did that picture. Um, oh, cool. He, he took a picture of it. So anyway... He's a cool cat, and we all hung out and um, got to know each other, and so it was neat to see that article come out. Cool. And Earache, is, yeah. I would think, is a, is a great record at label to be with. They are traditionally known for more of, I guess I would say, death metal type of stuff, but uh, I think yeah, it's really... Think they're trying to branch out. Yeah. You know? Cool. So, I mean, they have a really, really steady grip on the death metal community, you know, or, or that that genre, and I, I think they're trying to expand and, and pick up some other bands, and we're one of them. Cool. You know, Cauldron's another one, and hopefully we're going to be playing with Cauldron um, in San Francisco in a few days. But I, I think that I don't know if that's for sure yet. Okay. We'll cool. And you guys are actually going to come out east, right, and do do a gig out here, one or yeah. two gigs, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the big, you know, that's this week, man. We're going out to New York City. A lot of us have never been out to New York City. We're going to play a show at Club Europa. We're playing with Ross the Boss and Raven and uh, Titanium Black and Zandel. So it's kind of a metal festival. They're calling it the Brooklyn Thunder Fest. Well, I think technically it's an in Greenpoint, but, hey, I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's Friday, this coming Friday, the 28th. And then on the 29th, this Saturday, we're playing Dewey's in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Connecticut, so playing a couple dates out on the East Coast. I wish we could do some more, but hopefully in the near future that will happen. Cool. Dewey's, I believe, is uh, is that in New Haven? It, 
Um, it says it's Seymour, Connecticut. Seymour. But, uh, maybe uh, maybe the information's wrong. I hope not. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay, cool. Well, Connecticut actually has a you know if you if you can get the people to the club, there are a lot of uh, hard rockers up there. So hopefully they'll know well, enough that- to show up. That's how it always goes, you know? Yeah, cool. Well, and and let's talk about who is in White Wizard right now. Can you run down the lineup? You mentioned John on bass. We got John Leon on bass, uh, head songwriter. We got got Jesse on the drums, Jesse Applehans. And everybody always spells his last name wrong, so I feel bad for him. Now, but he's on the drums. And uh, we got Chad Usahara on, on the guitar. We got Wyatt the Screaming Demon Anderson, moved from Jacksonville, Florida, to be a part of this band. Uh, he's on the vocals, and then myself, so it's five-piece band, standard metal lineup. Cool, great stuff. And and Eric, just on a side note, we appreciate all the support you have given us over the years with your postings on the Talking Metal forums, your regular poster there. I saw you bought a t-shirt, so thank you for that. And, yeah, uh, you know. Time. Yeah, let's keep rocking together, and you know we're gonna try to get out to the Brooklyn show. Although it, sometimes Brooklyn is a little tougher for us, uh, we will definitely uh, you know check you guys out if and when you're back in in uh, Manhattan or New Jersey. Yeah, we shall be at some point soon. So, uh, you know, a quick side note and a little bit of the Talking Metal family. You know, one of the bands I got into through your podcast was Swashbuckle. Oh, cool! cool. Yeah. And- and this this month's Metal Hammer, um, both White Wizard and Swashbuckle are right next to each other uh, with uh, big interviews. So it's, it's really cool, you know. I got an idea. We should do like a episode of Talking Metal that has all the bands that we really became good friends of, like you guys and Swashbuckle, and maybe even like a Talking Metal album featuring you guys. <laughs> if we had money and that kind of stuff, but Keep I would dreaming, love to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, fun, like right? a compilation or talking metal record featuring you know all the all the cool bands that we like. It would be fun, definitely. And Swashbuckle, they are uh, out of Trenton, New Jersey. So <clears throat> hopefully, it would be cool if you guys played with Swashbuckle. That would be a great show. I would love to. I wanted to see them on the Pagan Fest, uh, the Pagan Tour, whichever one it was called. Couldn't make it. One of those things. I I, I plan. I was trying to get them to Detroit for the longest time, and it just didn't pan out. So it'll happen one day, you know. Cool. You know, another small Newton uh, side note and a talking metal inner family thing. We we played Sacramento, and uh, we got a chance to hang out with Z Man and his lovely wife. Cool. Oh, cool. And, cool. Yeah, they made it out for the show. The show itself was kind of like in a. I don't know, a bomb shelter or something. It was kind of forgettable. Like you know, when you're playing and it sounds like a parking garage, and but it was right. cool to hang out with them. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, Z-Man's a great guy. He actually made it all the way out to New Jersey for yeah. a gig that we uh, did last year, which you were going to come out to, but you, you uh, chose that not was to. When I had, no, no, no. That's when I was auditioning. I yeah, was going to yeah, come yeah. out to the gig, and the, the, I, I had to kind of do it secretively. And, right. <laughs> and so I switched the flight around and came out here and did the audition. Well, there might be another one of those Screaming Metal shows, so we should talk about, you know, Definitely. hooking up with White Wizard for that. that would yeah, be, that, that would, would be, be really, really nice. a cool thing. Um, but we'll talk Fun, more man. about that in the future. And, and what what is one of your favorite songs off of the High Speed GTO album to take us out here? Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's see. Well, the song High Speed GTO has been, like, played out a lot. Everyone kind of knows that one, so... Let's see, let's see, let's see. Of course, you had to get this one. Which one do I want to go for? How about just um, Octane Gypsy? Okay, we'll we'll uh, end with Octane Gypsy, and please let John know that next time uh, White Wizard is ready for to do some press, we will uh, we'll get him on the podcast and do a, a good interview with him. And if we could get a Talking Metal ID, your name, your band, and you are listening to Talking Metal. All right, let's do it. Whenever you're ready. (laughs) Okay. Hey, this is Eric from White Wizard, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Cool, and this is White Wizard with Octane Gypsy. Take care, Eric. Have a good one. We'll see you soon. All right, take care, guys. Take care, man.
But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.